Hi, thanks for joining this week's podcast with Pastor James Jones of the Divergent Church. We hope you will be blessed by the message you are about to hear. If you would like some more information about the church, please feel free to reach out via email at divergentcog at aol.com or go over and check out our website, divergentcog.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a blessed day. As we get into the message this morning, you're going to understand why this was so important to me. This is something that we've worked through a lot of different things, and um, we've come to a point now where I really feel, and I know I've shared this with you before, that God is calling me and my wife uh, to invest in the people of Divergent. Yeah, we, we want to grow the church, but right now our responsibility, our main number one goal is to pastor, to encourage, to enrich, and to teach the people who are here right now. Uh, because I believe there are so many gifts represented in this room right now that what God is going to do as we invest in you, he's going to use you to reach the community around us. He's going to use you to do things that you didn't dream you could do. There are going to be some amazing things, church, that God is going to illuminate and bring to life in your life, uh, bring to light in your life over the coming weeks and months as we follow him. So this Uversion Bible app, using this, it's a free tool, and using this tool kind of helps to, again, get us into the Word, which is where we need to be, and get us closer to God and also closer together. So as we grow, as we develop, be looking for those things. As, as I told you, we're going to be adding Sunday school soon. Um, I might talk about it a little bit this morning. We're going to start adding some different classes during the week as well, eventually. It's not something that's happening this week. It's something we're working on and planning towards. We're going to be very intentional about it. But this year is all about growing. It's all about the individual growing, us as people getting closer to God. And the truth of the matter is, if you've been serving God for 30 years, you could still grow, can you not? And if you've been serving God for 30 days, you can still grow. Indeed you can. So we're all in this together, church. Let's go to 2 Timothy this morning, chapter 2. And this is where we're going to start. And again, um, starting next week, we'll actually have the outlines in the YouVersion Bible app event as well. So you can follow along in there. It will give you the texts for this morning. But um, starting next week, it will also have an outline in that as well. So you can follow along if you'd like to, or for those who watch us on uh, Facebook Live or on other uh, media avenues during the week, you can come back and, and get a visual of the outline in front of you as well. We're just trying to expand on the media ministry and, and also expand on the ability to share the Word of God with others. Second Timothy chapter 2 this morning, we're going to read the first 17 verses of Second Timothy, and, and Paul here is encouraging Timothy about something, about his Christian walk, about his daily habits, about his devotional life, if you will, which is what we're working on ourselves this, starting this week. In Second Timothy chapter 2, and in verse 1, it says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit those to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also... If anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. 
for which I suffer. I'm sorry, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Verse 14. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. In this text, Paul says, be strong in the grace. Endure hardship as a good soldier. Be diligent, a worker, handling the word of truth. All of these things spell out effort. They spell out discipline. They spell out hard work. They spell out dedication. But all of these things have a reward that follows them, church. So many people will say, well, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, so he's writing to a pastor. Let me reaffirm something to you. There is not one gift in the church that is more important than another. There is not one gifting in the church that is more important than another. Now, understand, there's, there's levels of leadership, there's respect for each other, there's, high, there's all those things, that there's order in the house of God. But there's nobody that is more important than another person. That doesn't happen. So therefore, what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's not saying because he's a pastor, he's saying because he's a child whom he loves. He's not his own son, but he is like a son to Paul. And Paul is investing in him. Whether he be a pastor, an evangelist, or whatever gift Timothy may have had, Paul would be giving him the same sort of instruction here. Be strong in grace, endure hardship as a good soldier, be diligent, be a worker, handle the word of God, commit yourself to Jesus Christ. This encouragement and this instruction applies to every one of us this morning. Do you agree? Just wanted to make that clear before we move forward because I don't want you to think, oh, he's talking about you know, a letter to a pastor. No, I'm talking about a letter to a child of God from somebody who wanted to invest in him. This letter is to us also this morning, church. Because God made you with a purpose. Did you know that? He truly did. You may believe that, but do you really know that? God made you with purpose. We touched on the perceived weakness of Peter the past couple weeks. We talked about maybe his, um, maybe his outspokenness. Uh, it, it, could be, it could be a weakness or something, a perceived weakness, but we discovered that it became a strength that God invested in him and used, did he not? So many times we look at our lives and say, well, I can't serve the Lord because of X, Y, and Z. Well, maybe it's X, Y, and Z he wants to pull out of you and use for his glory. Maybe it's because of the, th the life you've been through. Maybe it's because of the failures you've experienced. Maybe it's because of the times that you feel as though you've let him down. 
that he wants to use you. Look what it says here uh, in verse 11, 11, 12, and 13. I said we'd come back to this. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. Well, there we were last week, baptism and, and being born into Jesus Christ, being born again, being saved is what he's talking about there. If we have the new life in Jesus Christ. And we talked about last week how the baptism symbolizes we are buried with Christ and we're raised with Christ to a new life. So if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Now watch this. If we deny him, he also will deny us. How do you deny him? Simple as that. You deny him. You walk away from him. You disown him. But I love the clarity in verse 13. Watch this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Wait a second. I thought if we denied him, he would deny us. Yeah, there's a difference in denying the Lord and messing up. There's a difference in denying Jesus Christ and walking away and denying him or trying to follow him and you just haven't, you know, you, you failed, you messed up, you've had this unfaithful time in your life. He's still faithful. He doesn't throw you and I away, church. He doesn't throw you away over one failure. He doesn't throw you away because you didn't measure up. Instead, we are encouraged to keep going because we are in Jesus Christ. You see, you and I were created for a purpose, but the important part is that purpose was not to attend church on Sunday. That purpose was not to just praise and worship or to just do the religious things. That purpose was to do something great in the world that only God has created you to do. But how do we get there? You see, this is not something that's done in the natural. It's something that's done in the supernatural. something that's done in the spiritual. What about you and I? What purpose are you made for? See, this morning I want to talk about becoming you. A lot of us have heard the phrase, a young person saying, I'm going out to find myself. You've heard that phrase before, right? Some of you probably said that phrase before. I actually read a t-shirt one time that somebody said, somebody had a t-shirt, kid you not. I saw a young person with a t-shirt on and says, I have gone out to find myself. Should I come back before I get here? Tell me to wait here because I'll be back in a minute. I was so confused after reading that shirt, I didn't know what to say. Exactly, that's where I was. I'm going out to find, because inside of us, we know there's something more. We know there's more than just eating and living and sleeping and dying. We know there's more to life. We were created for a purpose. We were created for divine destiny. But how do you find that purpose? Do you know how to discover that purpose, church? By my book, Seven Steps. I'm just kidding. I'm... <laughs> but people will do that. Seven Steps to Discovering Your Purpose. And, and sometimes, I don't mean to pick on everybody. That does, but some people genuinely like, look, this is the way to do it. But do you want to know how to truly find your divine purpose? It is literally right here. You get into this. You begin to read. See, this is why we started in this text. Paul said to Timothy uh, in here, be diligent. Be able to be a workman that rightly handles the word of truth. This is center to all that we do. The word of God is central to everything we do, everything we, we believe, everything uh, we respond and how we think, how our thought process works. The, the word of God should be central to our life. Do you know how to discover your purpose? It's the word of God and it is literally nowhere else. There's no inner peace, inner strength, search to your inner self. That's where all of it, that's the, you know, the new age philosophy, it falls short of God's truth every time. Man will always say, oh, follow your heart. The word of God says, the heart is deceitful above all things, and who can know it? it, it follow the word of God, trust God. Our identity is found in this word. He has created us. And he's created us to discover his truth. 
Short of God's word, there is no truth. Our identity is found in God who created us. Our connection to one another should also be found in God. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 12 through 14. God connected us to one another by His Spirit. We are connected to one another because we are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Look at this. Chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. You see what he's saying here? There's a hand, there's a foot, there's a nose, there's a face, there's, a, there's all kinds of differences. Every little part of the body is different, but the body isn't the body without the parts. And we are connected not because we are a part, but because we are the body. Let's go on further, verse 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Understand this. We are different. We are unique. We are individual. But we are one in Jesus Christ. We are united not by the color of our skin, not by our culture, not by our heritage, not by our background. We are united by Jesus Christ. That's the uniting factor. And that's something the world misses today. And I'm going to tell you, Satan would love to divide the church and he would love to divide people and he'll use any opportunity to do it. Any opportunity. We're one body. One in Jesus Christ. People today are convinced they need to unite over several different things and separate different things, but there's only one thing we should unite, and that's in Jesus Christ. Not our culture, not our heritage, not the pigmentation of our skin. These things are literally temporary. You realize that, right? If you live a hundred years, I have different cultures in my background. I know in my mom's family there's Italian. Let's, let's say I'm going to go with that. If I live a hundred years as an Italian man, and I look at other Italians and say, oh, I, I, I relate to them, I connect with them, guess what? 10,000 years from now, is it going to matter what my culture was on earth? No. But yet somehow we've bought the lie of Satan to believe that we must connect with one another over temporary things as opposed to over spiritual things, eternal things. Confusion, separation, these are the tricks of Satan. This is why we need to get into the Word of God. We need to die to self, raised to a new life in Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about the temporary. It's not about how I look or how you look or my background or my money or your money. or None of that. We brought none of that into this world and we will take none of that out of this world. We're united in Jesus Christ, but we're so different. That's how God works. Aren't you glad that not everybody in this church is just like me? Better not, amen, I'm telling you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were thinking it that now. But, 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 but honestly, and I am glad we're so different. We, we, we experienced the other night in a board meeting. We were sitting there talking, and we were talking about websites, and, and there were three guys in the, talking about website, and there were three of us going... And they were just going, and every now and then we looked at them like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they could have thrown something. They could have winked at each other, said something really silly, and looked at us, and we'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They probably did, you know. I'm... <laughs> We all have different strengths. We all have different uniqueness about us. There's things that you can do that I cannot do. And that's why God has put us together as a body. It's not like the hand says, all right, hands, unite. Forget about the rest of the body. We're hands. We're going to come together and we're going to... No, 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 no. Because my hands can't do anything if my feet don't take them there. Can you imagine my hands are sitting on the ground? Hands, unite. Let's go get some chicken. Yeah, you ain't going without the feet, are you? What, what, if, what if the mouse said, I don't need the rest of the body. I can do whatever I want to do. Okay, let me see it. Let me see you do whatever you want to do. But when the body operates in unison, this is the beauty of the Word of God. He illustrates these pictures for us. When the body, all of these different parts come together in unison, and without even thinking about it, they just work together for a common goal. I'm able to do things that I wouldn't be able to do without that unison, without that, unison that cohesion or that unity. You see, we're called to unity in Jesus Christ, but you don't know that if you don't get into the Word of God. Paul said, be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ, endure hardship as a good soldier, be diligent, a worker, handling the Word of truth. We're still talking about being diligent as a worker. We haven't got into the first two ones yet. But to be diligent as a worker who handles the Word of truth, an eternal connection to one another, an eternal connection to Jesus Christ. And that does not just happen. We need effort. We need discipleship. We need to work at it. And you know what else we need? We need a guide. How are you going to do it without a guide? How can you get somewhere without somebody showing you the way? Remember the other week when we talked about the way? Think about the eunuch who was in his chariot and he was reading from the prophet and he didn't really understand what he was reading. And he said, Philip comes to him and he says, do you understand what's real? How can, I, how can I unless somebody shows me the way? He needed a guide. And when Philip guided him through the scripture, and of course Philip was led by the Holy Spirit to be there, as he guided him through the scripture, the eunuch understood it. Church, we have a guide, do you know that? John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus said that, the Spirit of God would come and would lead us into all truth. The Spirit of God would come and lead us into all truth, showing us truth. Let me be very clear about this. Do not turn to Satan for your truth. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Sunday morning, Pastor, well, I wouldn't turn to Satan. Are you kidding me? The enemy's subtle. The enemy's crafty. The enemy's deceiving, but I want you to see something here. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you what? Things to come. Oh, man. Was he just talking about the first 12 disciples? No. No, he was talking about you and me. Can you imagine getting into a relationship with God where that scripture begins to come to life? Can you imagine being in a relationship with God where you are so connected to the Spirit of God that, that you begin to receive from God and hear from God? Things have developed. Church, real brief. Yeah, how many believe that? Okay, so real brief. 
Eight, nine years ago, we come to Frederick, and we come for a specific reason, but God brought us for another reason. And, and, and after a while, I'm looking, I'm talking, and people are like, oh, well, when you plant a church, when I plant a church, you're nuts. And it's funny because this man who I admired my entire life, I've always said if, if there's a picture in the, this dictionary next to integrity, it would be Pastor Wilson's picture, period. Because I, I can't think of anybody in my life who I've ever met with such integrity as this man. And he looked at me one time, and he says, well... He says, I believe when you plant a church, it's, I was like, whoa, let me stop you there, Pastor Wilson. That sounds like arrogance now, looking back. There I thought it was, yeah, 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 you got it. But now I look back, I'm like, I should have just listened. I should have listened. But he kept telling me, he says, you know, God's going to use you to plant a church. And he's going to, and I said, no, no. And I'm telling you, time and time again, no, no, no. And there was even a point where we were talking, said, okay, let's just wait. Something's going to open up. We're going to move to another state. Let's just, you know, talk about where we're going to relocate, so on and so forth. But there came a point in time where God not only impressed upon us what he was going to do, but how he was going to do it. I want you to understand, Divergent was not my brainchild. Matter of fact, it was not even on the radar for me. I said, this, I don't do this. This isn't me. I'm not doing this. And church, when I started the plan church, I found out why I don't do this, because I didn't know what I was doing. I learned a lot of things the hard way when we got started. But you know what? Along the way, there were things that God showed me. And it's not because I'm some super Christian. It's not because I'm better than anybody else. It's because I put my nose in the book and I put my knees to the floor and I refused to give up until I heard from God. And those were the things that carried us forward. And by us, I mean me, my wife, my family, not the church. The thing that carried the church further forward is as we put our nose in the book and as we put our knees to the earth and as we began to seek God in prayer. You see, the first couple months, all we did was meet on Tuesday night and pray. That's all we did for months. God direction, God vision, God show us, where are we going, what are we doing? And as some of you will remember who were there with us in the early prayer meetings, God gave us vision of these miraculous just altar times of deliverance and of healing and of setting people free in church. I'm telling you, in the prayer times I've had this year, we are never closer to that vision than we are right now. I have been frustrated. I, just being very honest, I'm completely off script, so we might be at the 2 o'clock. Give, give me some grace. I'm kidding about the 2 o'clock thing. But... In the past couple weeks, just to be very honest with you, there was times I'm like, all right, Lord, when's it going? Are you kidding me? It's like every Sunday there's like these little puzzle pieces. And I've talked about it before, how there's puzzle pieces put together, but I, it, I wasn't comprehending it. I was like, Lord, when's this happening? You know, every Sunday I'm like, this is going to be the Sunday. This, and I'll get into the message. I'm like, all right, you're doing something. You're doing something. I'm going to relax. I'm going to trust you. There is a time coming, church, when the Spirit of God is going to be poured out in this place. And I mean in... I mean... An unfathomable measure. And that is something God desires to do. Can I tell you I've had a vision of people parking on the street out here and not even knowing why, but coming across the grass in the middle of service and coming to the door and saying, I just need somebody to pray with me while people are up here crying and praying. And that's not some emotional driven thing. And that's not some hooping it up. That's when we get so close to the presence of God that we literally become like that song, overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Not overwhelmed to chaos and confusion, but overwhelmed to order, overwhelmed to being humbled before Him and, and, and crying and weeping and whatever the, the natural response is to the Spirit of God being in this place. And church, I'm telling you, we are close to that place now. So close. But the only way to get to that place, and I'm going to touch on it next week, is to prepare ourselves. We have got to be ready because I've seen it time and time again. I have seen it several times where God has poured out His Spirit and people have really pushed and tried to you know, get to that place and they weren't ready for it. They weren't quite ready for it. 
You know, it's much like next week we're going to be doing a baby dedication. A couple baby dedications. There's going to be a lot of babies in this church one day. A couple baby dedications. And how many of you after church there are probably going to go somewhere and have steak for lunch? Not vegetarians or not, I don't want to offend you now. I know that. You're going to go have a really nice salad. I... You're going to, either way, salad or steak, either one, you're going out and you're having something great. And you're probably thinking, my man, these babies, they would love this. They don't know what they're missing. But if you tried to feed it to them, what would happen? It would mess them up. It would harm them, actually. And the thing I'm getting from God, and I got it last night as I was praying, even after I left prayer service when I was driving home, I really got this thing last night. God wants to give us that state. God wants to give us that. And as soon as we're ready, he's going to. But he doesn't want to ruin us. He doesn't want to put us into something we're not ready for. But church, we are almost ready. I sense it. I mean, like I had never have before. You don't know how much I sense it this morning, the Spirit of God moving in this place. We turn to the Spirit of God for righteousness, for instruction, for truth. Because it's only found in one place, and that's in God's Word. You want to become you, you need to get into God's Word. There are some things we're going to be doing this year. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be investing. And as a shepherd, I'm going to be prodding the sheep as much as I Sometimes I might annoy you. Some of you are like, yeah, he already does. What are you talking about sometimes? I might annoy you a little bit. I might push you a little more than you want to be pushed. I might prod you a little more than you want to be prodded. But you know what? Here's the thing. We don't get anywhere unless we're encouraged, unless we're pushed, unless we're going somewhere. This is only found in one place, and it's in the Word of God. It's only learned one way, and that's through His Spirit. Turn with me, if you will, to one more Chap, one more scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verses 10, 11, and 12. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this. Now remember what we just saw in John 16, 13, that the spirit of truth will come. He's going to lead us in truth. He's going to show us things that are to come. Watch this when we talk about the spirit of God. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God has freely given you this identity, freely given you this ability, freely given you this authority, freely given you this power, and He is going to reveal it to us by His Holy Spirit. This is where God wants to take you, and He wants to take you today. Not in a little while, not let's make a plan and, and next month shoot for being at a place. No, I sense in my spirit, and I felt this all night long when I was looking over this last night, God wants to take us here today. Because so often we're like, oh man, that's a good night. Yeah, we're going to get this thing together. And we do that in church. We talk those things. We say, oh yeah, we're, this thing's going to come together, and down the road is going to be this. And No, today. 
Today I'm going to take this word. Today I'm going to, you know, and, and whether it's the version Bible app or whatever devotion you have, today I'm going to commit to getting into the word daily. And I want you to take, a, take note, at least take a look at this, uh, this uh, devotion we have for this week. It's only three days, but it's very simple. It talks about meditating on the word of God and gives several different verses of who God is and his character. This week, we need to come to know him. Not about him, know him. Because he wants to do some amazing stuff. And, and, you know, the pastoral thing is he wants to do some amazing things at Divergent. No, I'm saying he wants to do some amazing things in you. Period. In you. What is God going to do in you? There are people right here who may not be here five years from now. You might be starting a church. You might be evangelizing. You might be a missionary. You might be whatever. The goal is not to try and get a big crowd on Sunday. The goal is to let the word of God flow through each one of us. And you know what? He'll take care of the rest. I promise you he will. But if that happens, can you imagine what would happen in a place where people let the word of God flow through them in such a way? I don't think you can keep that quiet. I don't think you can keep people from coming to find out that this God is... We're surrounded right now on every side of this building, in this neighborhood, by people, whether they admit it or not, they want to know, is this God real? Is he real? Because even the most devout atheist has that spirit inside of them that was created by God that is crying out saying, there is more. Now you can squelch it all you want, but you can't kill it, not as long as you're alive. You can squelch it all you want to the place where you don't think about God, you don't hear about God, but when something is in your face, when something real is happening, when God is moving and lives are changing and something supernatural is going on, then that spirit says, that's it, that's what I need. And people are drawn to that. And that's what God's going to do through you and I. But it starts today. Not in a little while. Today. This week, next week, day by day. Now remember, remember, this, I love what was in, in Timothy this morning. We read it in the first text. That if we deny him, he'll deny us. That means if you walk away from Jesus Christ, well, they're not mine. They walked away. If we died to him, we'll live with him. If we endure for him, we'll reign with him. If we're faithless, he remains faithful. But I thought you just said if I deny him. Being faithless and denying him is two totally different things, church. You may not believe this, but every now and then I mess up. I know, it's hard. But he hasn't given up on me. Even when I'm faithless, even when I mess up, God is still faithful. Even when you're faithless, he's still faithful. Don't give up. Don't lay there. Get back up and keep following him. So you're going to commit, you say, all right, today I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Tuesday rolls around. That commitment level is kind of like one of those New Year's resolutions, isn't it? The gym's getting awful empty right now, and it's early February, I've noticed that. I couldn't find a spot the first week of January, and it took a minute to understand. I'm like, what's going, oh. And I went in there on Friday, and Friday is usually like really busy. Really, and it's the first day I've been in there in two weeks, I feel horrible trying to take care of myself, trying to stay in jail. But I, I went in there and I was like, this place is it. Oh. When Tuesday rolls around and this resolve isn't as powerful as it is right now, don't give up. Don't. When Wednesday morning dawns, I didn't do my devotion. That's okay. Are you still alive? There's still time on the clock. This game ain't over. Do it on Wednesday. You know, don't, I, I'm not saying here's a free pass, just do whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm saying when you fail, don't say, well, I didn't measure up, I quit. No, okay, 
you got knocked down. Get back up. You still got time. You're still going. I've got three books that I've written. Only one's been published so far because I haven't edited the other two yet. One I wrote when I was about 20 years old. And the title of it is called You've Not Yet Failed. And in the intro, I go back to a situation we were in. We used to play uh, flag football in Frederick a long time ago. It's actually a church league, and we used it for evangelism and trying to reach out to other men. And I remember this game we were in, and, and I actually kind of used this in the intro. We're, we're, we're playing, and we're uh, against this team that hasn't lost. and they, They've been in the league for six years. They never lost, but we're about to beat them. And we have this great play, and it goes down the sideline, and our fastest guy is going down the side. He's just running, flat out running. He's from here to that wall from scoring, and he slipped and fell. And in flag football, when you're on the ground, play over. And he laid on the ground, and he threw the ball, and he kicked, and he never got up. He just sat there up, and, and he's just so upset, and he's so infuriating. And it was raining. And the rain's falling on his face. He's just laying there. And I walk over, and I'm standing over to my number. I'm looking over him like this, and he goes, I failed. I failed the whole team. I let us down. We lost. I said, dude, I just called a timeout. We got five seconds. How many times in life have you and I fell down somewhere and said, that's it. I'm just going to lay here. I quit. I can't do anything. We're this close now. Five seconds on the clock. But it's over? No, it's not over. I won't tell you how that game ends. You're going to have to buy the book to find it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we actually ended up winning that game. <laughs> it was the Philly special, too. Before the Philly special, we invented that play. We... No, we, uh, it, it, was, it was great. But the, the, the illustration there is this. In your life, yeah, you know what? Tuesdays are going to come. Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever are going to come. And you're going to be like, man, I was so tired. I didn't even think about it. It's okay. There is still time on the clock. Get up, get a plan, and then keep going. Keep going. Because that's the only way we're getting to that place God has called us to. That's the only way you and I as individuals, I don't mean as a church. It starts with the individual. It starts with us getting to where God has called us to go. And when he does that, then guess what happens? That body, it just starts moving in unison. Everything starts clicking. Everything starts functioning. I don't even know where I'm at. So I'm going to wrap it up here. His word is relevant. It is vital. It is pivotal. And when people feel they need to make the Bible seem relevant, it's a disaster. The Bible is already relevant. You don't need to make it relevant. If we would just put our nose in a book and our knees to the earth and chase after him. You want to know what happens when man tries to make the Bible relevant? First off, they're listening to the wrong spirit. Because they're being convinced. You've got to convince them this is relevant. I don't have to convince anybody anything. All i got to do is turn it loose and let it go. It is relevant. But I... I heard a story of a pastor one time who was trying to do that. When you get caught into preaching about current affairs and you try and bring God into it, sometimes you make a fool out of yourself. Well, in 1968, after a couple of failed launch attempts with NASA, there was a man who at, uh, what was the name of the church? It's in, it's in California. and I wanted, It's called Grace Community Church now. I can't remember the name of it back then. But a man, he was an evangelist, came to the church in 1968 and he began to preach for an hour, about why God will not allow man to land on the moon. 
a year later, I guess he had to take that message back and say, God changed his mind. I don't know. But you see what happens when we try to push something into the Word of God or push something out of the Word of God that's not there. Just let it be the Word of God. Just take it, receive it for what it is. Today, there's time for a sense of emergency. And it's found in Jesus Christ, the the answer, the result, the peace. It's time for the church to be the church. Not to say we're the church, but to be, to do, to become what we were called to be as individuals. God has a real challenge today. You were made to be amazing. Oh, you have no idea what's yet to come in your life. Church, if somebody would have told me back before I was called to ministry that I was going to be a pastor, I would have had the same response as those who I told I was called into ministry. They laughed. And then they gathered, wait, you're serious? God's going to use... Can you imagine what God's going to use you to do? Can you imagine what God's going to do through you? There's only one way to find that out. And that's to draw closer to him. You were made to be amazing. Now, study. Get into his word. And let everyone see you become you. Let's pray.